if you skip pre-production, you're doomed. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, if you don't have, I mean, it is the foundation for the entire project. Welcome to the No Fat Cats podcast, where you help high-performing creative teams get even better. I'm your host, Wesley Dean. In today's episode, we sit down with Alex Bryant, owner of Studio 608, for a conversation about uh, video crewing. So, even if you don't actually work in the space of actually producing video, maybe you're not a director of photography, an editor, at some point or another, if you're in a creative team, you're going to be working with people who are producing a video. I mean, I can't tell you, I mean, pretty much everyone, every organization, every company uses video in some way or another. And even if you aren't the guy or girl who is, you know, pulling the trigger on the camera or the photo or the editor, you're going to need to be able to communicate with people and know how to, you know, pull things together. How do you plan for a shoot? How do you communicate with creatives? And so in my conversation with Alex, we just kind of go over tips for having a great team. You know, what are some of those things that you can do as a, you know, so, someone who's producer, as a team to really make things go well? And uh, hint, he kind of lays the, the tip, which is like, hey, make sure you pay people on time and fee- feed them. Uh, sim- the simple things. And honestly, in, in all of my experience of working with people, the, the things that make people the best to work with are that they get some of those details right. So, you know, went on a shoot and someone had, uh, you know, coffee ready. And, you know, those are the small things that you, uh, you just really remember because they, um, the small touches and take care of details that let you focus on doing your job and let everyone else focus on doing their job when those details are taken care of. So we just, we kind of break our conversation down into a few spots. So pre-production planning, make sure you can communicate what your goals are for the project and what you want people to do. Then when it comes to getting on shoot, kind of dive into that a little bit and um, yeah, just, you know, take care of the basics and make sure you've done your pre-production and everything else should be a lot easier. Uh, talk about not having too many cooks in the kitchen so that way everything goes along uh, smoothly and you can actually get edits done on time and have clear expectations. So without any further ado, here is Alex Bryant from Studio 608. Sitting down here with Alex Bryant, owner of Studio 608, for a conversation about building great teams. So uh, regardless of whether you yourself actually do the production work or the filming or the graphics... If you're leading a team that's producing content like that, you at least need to understand the basics of what the different steps are and also need to be able to understand the the people who are involved so that you know how to hire the right team, how to bring the right persons. I know you have a lot of experience pulling together people for great, great teams. I think all of us have, uh, at least hopefully all of us, have been a part of a great team at some point in our lives when we're, uh, things just go amazing, everyone's excited about the work, they're excited about what we're, what they're going, what they're trying to accomplish. And then we've probably also been a part of teams where things just like tank, everyone right. hates the project. <laughs> or maybe they start off excited, but then like halfway through, right. they're just like, this is like terrible. Like this is not going to work. Um, like just get me out of here. Let's finish this up. Like so I can go home and not work with these people again. And so we obviously all want to avoid that situation where things go terrible. Um, so yeah, let's share a little bit. Like, what are some things that you find? Let's start off with a negative first. Like, do you have any bad experiences without sharing names of companies or people? <laughs> <laughs> sure. No. Like, what are some times where things just haven't gone on, gone r- r- right? Right. Where they went terrible, and uh, how can we back up from there? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think all the all those are all those are things that have happened, and 
And, uh, I, I, you know, I always go back to like golf, right? So it's like you hit that one good shot, it keeps you coming back for more, you know, like golf is a tough game to play, but you hit that one good shot and you're like, oh, I want more of this. And that's where you kind of, you want to keep hitting good shots, right? When you build your production team. And so, um, yeah, it's going to happen. You're going to just, it's the nature of the business, you know, where the, you have to scale up to a larger amount of people that you're maybe a little bit unfamiliar with working with. You know, you, you kind of typically build like a core group that you enjoy working with and you have the same quality uh, uh, of work over, over time. But you are going to run into a situation where you're going to have a, a, a bad experience. And what I found in dealing with that is you want to, you, you can't, I guess what, what you want to do is make sure that doesn't happen again as much as possible. You know, you're going to have maybe a bad editor. You're maybe going to have a bad experience with the DP and try to learn from it so that it doesn't happen again. You know, uh, when, when, you, when you sit down at the end of a project, what I like to do at the end of a project is sit down and, okay, okay, what worked well, what didn't work well? And with the things that didn't work well, why? You know, try to really determine, like, was it an issue that I wasn't communicating clearly to the client? Was I not communicating to uh, someone on my staff? What was the issue there? And if it comes down to, you know, I, I communicated clearly, we had a very... Um, uh, good discussion about this, but it just didn't work out, then you probably need to find someone else for next time, you know? And that's that's gonna happen. Um, but it, but as far as building a good team, I think you as a, as whether you're the director or you're the producer, you need to have a good understanding of all the different phases. You know, your pre-production, what goes into your production, what goes into your post-production. And if you have a better understanding of that, of, of what those different stages are, then you can really break it down to that. And some people have a, a person who leads each of those steps. And a, a lot of it kind of depends on the scope of your project and how large it is. You know, for smaller projects, you're going to have obviously a smaller team where you only need maybe one guy who sees it or, or a person who sees it all the way through. Uh, if you have a larger project, maybe you need a person who's going to see the production the day of when, you, when you're shooting. Um, you're going to need a person who's going to be managing logistics for that team. You're going to be a person who manages the graphics and the, and the post side of it. So a lot of it kind of depends on scope. And, um, you know, when you, when you do, it's going to be your first time every single time you do something that's a little bit larger. You know, I mean, it's going to be, as, as we've all experienced, you're like, oh, this is a much larger project than I'm used to dealing with. Um, there are going to be some learning uh, that goes on right there. But as you do more and more of those larger projects, you'll have a better understanding of maybe I need to put another person in place to help manage it because a lot of it comes down to good communication. Being able to um, give that vision uh, to your production staff when they're shooting being able to uh, have ease of use when a when a when a um, when a crew comes on set, right? Where do you park? Where do you load? Where do you uh, eat? You know, like yeah, those basic things. And a lot of people overlook that stuff. You know, like how many times have we been on set and be like, oh, I forgot to put a lunch break in. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like the quickest way to someone's heart, especially when you are uh, in a production staff is pay them on time and feed them, you know, <laughs> and those go a long way. You know, a lot of people don't really think about that stuff and little details like that. As you work through these things, will you, you'll kind of see, OK, well, I need to make sure that, you know, in my call sheet, um, all these kind of logistics are, are put to 
uh, are put out so that we all know what's going on, when it's happening, and what the vision of this project is. You you want to have you know whatever production uh, company you hire, you want to make sure that they, um, you know, a understand who your audience is, understand what the messaging is, and then find out a little bit more how they put together teams. You know, I mean, if 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 you want to talk more general, you know, then I won't get into the very specifics of like, you need to find a person who edits like this or shoots like this, you know, I mean, you want to have a general idea of your, your scope of, a, as far as like what you want it to look like and make sure you have, and ultimately as you know, you want to work with like-minded people. I mean, that's 95% of the problem is <laughs> you run into people who aren't like-minded and yeah. therefore you're going to have an issue. So, yeah. you know, if, you know, if you can find quality people who you enjoy working with, that's the biggest issue, you know, is I can't tell you how many times I've been on a project and been like this, you know, this person, we keep button heads and it just ruins the entire thing. And, you, you know, you, you need to find someone who is, uh, sees it the same way you do. Granted, you don't have to have, you know, the exact same philosophy on everything, but you do need to have someone like, this is important, budget is important, you know, um, the final output is important. You know, all those things kind of come in mind when I think about working with someone. You no, know, so, so you mentioned vision. Let, let's go back a little bit because... Um, from that very first spot, I mean, usually, oftentimes, people either have a campaign or they have a big project where, unless you're doing something on a you know weekly basis, it makes sense to outsource you know those jobs where it's hey, let's bring someone in. We have this special project. We really want to do it well. Um, from that very very beginning part, um, what do you find other people who do it well? Because I know, at least in my experience, I've found that sometimes people who are in charge of a project, in charge of that creative team, they try to get into the specifics as opposed to like first articulating a vision and their goals what are the people how how do you find out the people who do that well that whole process of goals vision and so in the initial kind of pre-production pre-production because sometimes people like they just kind of like want to skip back to it without even telling you like what they're trying to do whether what the problem right what do you what do you appreciate the most about people in that space right well i I think we can both well at least from personal experience if you skip pre-production you're doomed yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have, I mean, it is the foundation for the entire project. If you don't actually sit down and, and talk with the client, or if you're the client yourself and you're talking with your creative team and saying like, this is my goal, you know, this is the end use for the product. This is uh, my uh, audience. This is the message that I want them to know. Because I, I can't tell you how many times I've sat down with a client and they're like, well, I want a viral video. It's like, you know what, if I could make a viral video, I wouldn't be sitting right here in front of you right now, you know? Like, I'd be a millionaire somewhere. And and that's not, I mean, if it becomes a viral video, great, but that shouldn't be the goal, you know? that That's not what it is. You have a certain clientele, whether it be your core audience of, you know, this association group, or it could be, you know, the, these are my customers who are located in X region, and this is what they want, you know, this is this is their, our target message to them. And so kind of sitting down and determining, okay, who are they? What do we need to tell them? And then finally, what platforms are we going to put that on? Because that's going to really affect how you actually present this message. You know, if is it, is it going to go on social? Is it going on your website? Is it going to be a commercial, you know, what is that in platform? And that really is going to help you determine what crew you need, you know, and, and really build your team from there on out. So if you don't kind of set those foundational elements, it's going to be bad. Yeah. So about how much time would you say you like to spend on pre-production, even if it's maybe not 
the crew time in mm-hmm. terms of like shooting. Sure. But overall, do you have any you know recommendations? Yeah, obviously, it kind of depends on project to project and how large it is. But at least uh, you want to put a day in there for for pre production. You know, granted, you won't spend all that time in one day actually sitting down. But you know, over the span of maybe a week or two weeks or something like that, where you have conference calls, you kind of go through it. You're going to put some messaging together. You and the client or the client and the and the, and the creative team are going to sit down and kind of talk about it. I mean, it's always great to do this face-to-face um, rather than doing it over the phone. Obviously, logistics based on where the client is or where your creative team is, it may not be possible, but actually sitting down in the same room, I, I feel it goes a long way to not only helping both of you uh, get an actual connection together, but also um, help build that together. Because if you're both not invested in it, then it's just one person's idea and the other person is trying to execute it. And I feel like that's a lot more difficult than both of you being invested in the idea and understanding what the messaging is. Now, there's one point where I was at a group that I'd done some work with before when I initially started off and hadn't done as much pre-production. And Mm so we kind of jumped into things and they kind of Second time around, several years later, definitely my process had evolved a little bit where mm-hmm. we wanted to do pre-production. And so I was like, kept being like, hey, we need to meet and like plan. And at one point, they just like didn't get it. Like they were just like, right. you don't get it. Why do you want to do all this pre-production? Like you're just going to like show up and shoot and it's going to like, and we'll take it from there. Right. And I was like, no, like you're going to literally waste like thousands of dollars in like time later on trying right. to figure out what you're trying to do after like getting all this content versus like spending up time up front. Um, but then they used to say, like, we're, not, we're no longer working together. <laughs> just because I was right. like, I'm just wasting my time. I'm, you know, yeah. and at the end, like, neither one of us were really happy with the product. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, I spent enough time on it to make it look like, get the point where it was okay, but I wasn't happy, and it just cost way more than they wanted to. So do you have any tips on uh, getting people to realize the importance of pre-production and planning? Well, I mean, uh, I, I always... Yeah, if they don't want to do it, then... Yeah, I mean, th- think of it like, uh, you know, a um, uh, you're making a meal, right? You know, and it's a meal you've never made before. And uh, I say, hey, Wesley, I want you to make me this, you know, chocolate mousse cake and good luck. I'm not even going to give you a recipe. I'm just going to give you a bunch of ingredients. Go after it, you know. And if you don't have a recipe to follow, that cake isn't going to be very good. You know, could you, you know, possibly get lucky and it turn out to be okay? Sure, that's possible. But if you don't take that time up front, like you said, you're going to waste valuable time as well as money on the back end trying to fix it to what you want it to after you actually do all the cooking, you know, all the all the production. And so it, to me it's it's the most important process then through the entire process. Can it change from from, you know, pre-production to production to post? Sure. You know, it's almost like a three-act play. Like what you what you have in pre-production may evolve a little bit. Uh, as you shoot, and then once you get into post, like oh, you know, let's 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 change this a little bit, but it should not be drastically different than what you've talked about in pre-production. You know, I mean, I think every uh, every video um, is a little fluid as you as you build it, uh, but it should not be like a completely different animal than what you set out to be. You know, <laughs> in, in, in the initial steps. No, I like the fact that you use that analogy of like of baking because at times I thought of it too, where it's like yeah, you pull out the ingredients and then you like put it together and then. Like, there's only so much you can do once you've, like, put that cake in the oven. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes people tend to do, try to treat things like a stir fry where you just, mm-hmm. you can add stuff and, like, <laughs> try it. And then, like, oh, I need some more flavor. And, like, right. that works to a certain degree. But I yeah. think the cake is a better metaphor where it's like, yeah, you need to get your ingredients together. And uh, right. once you've put it through, like, there's only, like, you can put icing on it. But, like, you just there's some things you can't change after you've done all your filming. Well, you well my favorite example is, and I've run in this to a couple of times as a client, you know, we've, we've shot interviews, and they're like, yeah, you know what we would love to do? Voiceover. 
And it's like, um, well, A, we did not budget for that. <laughs> and B, you know, like we shot all these interviews and now you don't want to use any of these interviews and you just want to go to a narrator. Like, why did we shoot all these interviews? Yeah. You know, like that doesn't make any sense. Uh, you brought all these people in. Sometimes you kind of have to fly them in. You know, you, you've rented a location to shoot them at. And now you're going to go to a voiceover person. And if you had just, we talked about this beforehand and discussed it, uh, you could have saved all that money and just went and got a voiceover person and, you know, whether it be stock or we just shoot some B-roll or something like that. And that would have been, you know, very easy. And, and it, it leads to frustration, not only on your creative team side, but also on the client side as y'all kind of ping pong back and forth. And so, you know, again, leading back to pre-production being the foundation, if you have those discussions initially, it's, it's huge, not only for the sane of your team, <laughs> but also for the quality of the product. No, absolutely. So then once you kind of get into the spot where ideally people have done their work, they've articulated their goals, how they're using it, um, you know, when it comes down to like that shooting time, any tips there that you have for people for for things have gone well and and, um, things to avoid while you're on shoot? Yeah, and as I mentioned before, it's it's the little details, right? It's it's building in time for your crew to eat. It's building in uh, that call sheet where you know what time to arrive, where to park. You know, is it is it a garage parking? Is it street parking? Um, if you're in the city or something along those lines, is it uh, you know giving them t- t- time to uh, uh, set up? Uh, how many times have you gotten a call sheet that is like, all right, guys, we arrive at twelve o'clock. We're shooting at twelve fifteen, and it's like uh, that's not possible. <laughs> you know, I mean, you need at bare minimum at least an hour. You know, uh, for any kind of standard interview. Now, if if you're just arriving and kind of doing a quick, you know, no lights, just a simple setup, then maybe you only need you know, 15 or 30 minutes if you're just pulling your camera out of your bag and shooting it. But again, all those details need to be uh, talked about up front, not, you know, 24 or 48 hours before you actually shoot the the, the actual thing. Um, the other thing is, uh, again, having that discussion with the crew who's actually shooting, you know, so if it's separate piece, you know, making sure that vision is, is, uh, communicated to them appropriately you know this is this is what the end product is this is how we uh, envision it looking at the end so that your dp or your videographer has an idea about okay well we're gonna we might have graphics on the right hand side of the frame so i want to make sure to shoot these people on the left side of the frame so we have room you know if we center them then a it's going to look a little weird when we throw up graphics. It's not going to give us the opportunity to do that. You know, is, is should this be, you know, in 1080? Should this be in 30? Should this be in 24 frames per second? You know, all those little details that you would need to know, you know, like say you're mixing it with another product, right? And that other product is in 30 frames per second. And then you shoot this one in 24 frames per second. You know, it's not the end of the world, but it's not ideal, you know, so little details like that as you kind of work through is, is to make sure that those are kind of buttoned up and made sure that that's communicated throughout the entire process. No, and I think that my favorite people to work with kind of who are overseeing, they, they kind of get those details. You know, they might not be the expert at like an expert DP or lighting, but they actually get those details. And um, I remember kind of like after the, the first time I'd worked with someone who was like a really good producer and they just had all that stuff laid out. And I was like, oh, wow, you're really good. Not so much because you were good at like, the big picture, but like they knocked out the details. And so we knew exactly when to arrive, like who to call, like who to call if that person wasn't available. Right. Like, yes. <laughs> point of contact. Yeah. Point Thank you contact. for reminding me. Yeah. yeah that the is second big. point of contact. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, Oh yeah. You know? And so that's where I, I find is that, uh, it's kind of funny how the people who get those small details, right. Are always the best people to work with 
who are kind of like overseeing. And so I think that's the thing is if even if you're not a person who gets those details, like get somebody who is. And, and you don't need to be, you know, I mean, that's why you're hiring a, a DP. That's why you're hiring an editor is like you can't be a master in all those things, you know, but as long as you have an understanding of the things that they need in order to do their job the best that they can do, like that goes a hu- a really long way to to making uh, the experience not only for them, but also the client or whatever video you're putting together go really well. Yeah. And so as you then go into, you know, after do, doing shooting, you know, you're ready for, um, oh, one more thing. All right. Then once it's time for then editing, what do you find is that that process, you know, how do you simplify? I mean, I've definitely been a number of projects where it's death by revision. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Any tips on, on there that have just seemed to work really well? Like how do you make sure there's enough stakeholders involved, but not too many um, to make people happy and get a good. Right. Well, every company or or client is going to be a little bit different, but you try to, if at all possible, keep the amount of cooks in the kitchen small and then show to higher ups. You know, I mean, a lot of the projects that I've worked for, uh, have to, you know, you have to, uh, sometimes you've had where, you know, you've got eight different people commenting and providing you feedback. And that is, as you mentioned, death by death by (laughs) revision. I mean, you might never get that project over, you know, just because every, and so you want to keep that initial set pretty small. Um, I have found that most clients or, or, or people can't watch a rough cut, you know, I mean, they kind of have a hard time getting like, why are all the colors gray? Like, (laughs) like, it's not very bright. It's like, well, we haven't done color correction yet. Are we going to put voiceover in this? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like it's, that's, that's just me reading it right now. You know, like that's called scratch. And and so unless, unless you have someone who's experienced and knows and can envision some of the things I find you're going to give a client, the first cut is going to be more of a fine cut. So, you know, it's about 75% done to where, you know, you may not have all the graphics in, but you're going to have placeholder placeholders for most of everything. And it's going to be less them having to use their imagination of what it looks like. Um, but having a smaller uh, point of contact initially, and, and a lot of that, again, happens in pre-production. Say, hey, when we get to post, you know, Carl's going to be my main point of con- contact as we build this initial cut out. And then once you and Carl have a good, hey, this this looks good, then you go share it, show it to upper management or to uh, legal or whoever it is, you know, in order to run it through uh, the rest before it goes before it goes live. But that would be a, a big thing is to, to try to keep that initial feedback loop small so that you don't have 18 people giving you, you know, contradictory comments half the time, you know, and it's like, well, I want this and I like this and like, let's use this logo. And you want to keep all that kind of a little bit small and show them more of a finished product uh, initially. Sounds good. Well, I know it's been been good talking with you, and I know definitely uh, a lot of tips that you know earlier. On, I think at one point I had records like twenty seven revisions on a video. <laughs> I think my running record. Uh, but since then, they realized like I oh, simplify things, but it can definitely be nightmare if you don't don't do something. Yeah, stuff. absolutely, absolutely. No, well, I think that's that's good for now, man. Well, thanks for being on the show, Alex. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, Wes. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Fat Cats Podcast, where we help high-performing creative teams get even better. If you haven't subscribed already, remember to subscribe in your favorite podcast app. Until next time, have a good one.